to hot topics and sports talk fashion slamming three speakers listen to the preachers of the third and three podcast that features tricky nikki gifts the real deal damian adams and myself jason fearman third and three is brought to you by anchor radio and presented by the sports column great to be back be back as a whole this week as nikki returns home from spring break hell down here in South Florida, where I live. Now, she wasn't involved in all that, but uh, Nikki, welcome back to the show. And I bet you're kind of happy to be home in Jersey after nobody's wearing masks down here in Miami, apparently. Yes, thank you. I'm happy to be back. I missed you guys. I am freshly tan, but oh man, there is some wild stuff going on in South Florida right now. So uh, yeah, I hope you all just just stay safe down there, man. Really, it's it's a little crazy. Yes, we have a lot of children with not fully developed brains yet. They don't know what they're doing. They're just, you know, running around being crazy, spreading COVID, you know, and just all this nonsense is horrible. My friend said the same thing. He got here a couple of days ago. We drove down with his family. Right now, he's a couple of hours north of me, but he was saying the same thing. There's no masks whatsoever anywhere. So it's ridiculous. It's completely nonsensical. But again, glad to have you back. Um, so welcome. <laughs> glad to have you back safe. That's the most important thing. And D, we, we put on a show last week. Man, man, did we go through that round of tournaments with the greatest of male athletes. Uh, some people had some very curious voting over there, but we'll talk about that later and get into it. Otherwise, how you doing, man? Doing great, man. You know, this is my favorite time of the week when I get to talk to you guys about sports and all other things. You know, we get to have unpopular opinions, popular opinions, and, pop, and you know, opinions in between. So I love, doing <laughs> <laughs> I love doing this with you guys, and I'm ready to go. Yeah, man, we're all jammed up. We got a lot of stuff to get to over here in a limited period of time, of course. We can't go forever as much as we like to, but we must start with our shout-outs. Guys, I'm doing double shout-out real quick this week, and it's to two, um, you know, podcasters that we know, Flieger and Briggs, that are at Chaos and Disorder. Chaos, just the letter N, and then Disorder. And Chris Mascaro at CT Mascaro. They're excellent hosts, like I said. They work really hard, stay active every day, making connections, 
And my favorite thing about these guys and their shows is that they show the love. They really do. They always retweet every tweet that we put out and support us. Uh, we do the same thing back to them, of course. You know, we love to show the love back. They don't have to do that, but they do. And I've never met these guys. I don't have a clue what they look like, but we've spoken several times, you know, whether through podcasts or DM communication. And um, bottom line is, you know, I get to shout them out this week because of their good hearts, their support, their hard work. And I'm proud of those guys. So I really appreciate Fleeger and Briggs and Chris Mascaro at Seats and Mascaro. So that's mine this week. D, where you going? Uh, for this week, I'm going to go with Michael Smith. Uh, you might remember him from ESPN on His and Hers. Uh, yeah. Had a, brief, a brief stint on SportsCenter, uh, which for various reasons didn't go right, but it wasn't his fault or Jamel's, to be honest. Um, but I wanted to give a shout out to him this week because he took the time to respond to my Instagram video. I did a, a small sample from my podcast where I did a new segment called Man Shut Up or Man Talk Your Ish. And my first subject was him. And I actually disagreed with one of his takes and put that up and tagged him in it. And he responded and said he loved to take, even though I was disagreeing with him. You know, I wasn't kissing his ass or anything like that. I was disagreeing with what yeah. he had to say. Um, but he still took the time to watch it and respond and say like, hey, this is something that I actually liked and appreciated. And that means a lot, you know, because for him, he probably doesn't know it, but he's a big hero of mine. He's from New Orleans. And he was the first person from New Orleans who I saw on TV that wasn't from Cash Money at No Limit Records, to be honest with you, when I was younger. <laughs> and he showed the example that somebody from New Orleans can come out and do what he does and be successful. And one of the reasons I do what I do now. So big shout out to Michael Smith. Yeah, no doubt. That's a great room. You know, I haven't seen him in a long time or heard in a long time. Again, I don't pay attention to as much sports radio as I used to. But I did like him, and I always thought that he was fair. I thought that he was the guy who was, you know, cut down right in the middle, and he's going to be like, no, nope, I'm going to tell you my opinion, whether you like it or not, but it's going to be the truth, and he was going to back it up with facts. That's what I like about him. So uh, that's pretty awesome, man, that he got back to you. It's always cool when, you know, one of the bigger heads, you know, one of the bigger networks get back to you and communicate. And the fact that you disagreed with him and he liked your points shows how big of a guy he is. So that's pretty cool right there. Yeah, definitely. No doubt. Way to go. All right. Nikki, you're the last one. We saved the best for last, girl. Where's your shot? Thank you. Uh, so I have two as well. Uh, my first shout out is to Katie Kennedy. Big shout out to her. She is always retweeting our show and showing her support. So we appreciate that, Katie, more than you know. Um, she's a big sports fan. You guys can find her on Twitter at Katie, K-A-T-I-E, Kat, R-N. Uh, so go ahead, check her out. I don't think she has a podcast, but my podcast recommendation this week for any fellow Bravo fans, reality TV, Housewives fans, if you're following the news, uh, a housewife got arrested yesterday and a lot of them are in hot water with legal issues. So check out the Bravo docket. They do a deep dive into all the grifting and scamming that these housewives are doing. So check that out as well. Oh my God. You know, you're going to oh, get wow. through. <laughs> <laughs> as far as Katie goes, she really does know her stuff for football. Uh, yeah, she, she really does. She knows the X's and O's, the ins and outs, not just, wow, that guy's a really good catcher or he can throw the ball really far. No, she really knows her stuff. So that's a good shot out right there. I like it a lot. Awesome. 
All right, that's the way we start the show. And then we move into neighborhood news. Mr. Rogers himself uh, bringing us in. And uh, some interesting news for Deshaun Watson. We're not going to spend time on it because, again, this is allegations. But even though there have been more women, I think 21 now in total, and again, having these numbers keep rising, don't ask me. But there have been 18 massage therapists, which is all which is where this is all, again, coming from and stemming from, that are backing him up, that are backing up Deshaun Watson and defending him. So that says a lot right there. Forget about 21 to 18. That doesn't mean anything. 18 different massage therapists are backing him up, but there are so many allegations. Guys, Nikki, it's, it's hard for us to make any determination, and that's not what we're here for. But this new news of people now defending him, females, obviously, is... You know, definitely throwing a you know, you know, a, a curveball into the whole thing. So I don't know what do you, what are your thoughts, real quick, on this right now? While we obviously can't give any definitive answer about anything. Yeah, it's tough, right? Because we we don't know. And these eighteen women, I feel like I just heard about that like today. So it's all happening quick. I mean, listen, if he's innocent, and and I know um, everybody is quick to say, well, you know, you always have to believe the woman and don't blame the victim. And I I totally understand that. But there are people out there who uh, do make false allegations against people and men. And so the fact that he has uh, 18 massage therapists coming, you know, to his defense, I mean, it's good to see that. I don't want to think that he's that bad guy. Um, But we we will see. But if people are coming in defense of you, then I would I would think that there might be something else going on, something else to the story. Yeah, you know, sometimes, you know, when you hear these things, you think, okay, well, there's got to be a route to it somewhere. But then again, you could think on the other side and say, well, maybe these are a bunch of women that were into Deshaun Watson. And he was like, no, no, no. You know what I'm saying? So you can look at it both ways. But again, we're not going to know. But again, I am glad to see, like Nikki said, 18 different massage therapists backing him up. Because I would like to believe also, and I have no, my my scale is balanced. You know, I have no say whatsoever, but I would like to think that he's not that kind of guy also. Yeah, we would all like to think that because of his image beforehand, right? He was known as the great guy who was out here building homes for people, great teammate. Uh, There was literally no complaints about him outside of the fact that he wanted out of Houston before this, right? Right. Um, So it's, kind of caught all off guard when these allegations came up. And for me, I don't want to say that these women are lying. I also don't want to say that Deshaun is a monster and was doing all these things. But a lot of times you'll hear the phrase where there's smoke, there's fire, right? And there's a lot of smoke right Mm now. Um, But for me, what I've learned in my life, sometimes there's somebody back there with a smoke machine. (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> good point the yeah wizard so of, not the wizard of oz the wizard of smoke that was pretty good d i like that that was good. yeah so for me i gotta you know sit back and wait and see what happens but i'm definitely not leaning either way because of like i said earlier people it's just a real really weird world right now where you can't really trust anything um so for me i just gotta lay back and see but also the fact that all civil lawsuits kind of gives me a cause to pause, like that nobody went to the police kind of gives me a cause to pause as well. I understand how hard mm-hmm. it may be to go to the police and report this because how hard it is to prove. Mm-hmm. But the fact that no one did it mm-hmm. out of all these allegations kind of gives me cause to pause as well. 
Yeah, that's why the three of us are not going to make any judgment at all. You know, we're just kind of reporting what we see and, you know, playing devil's advocate, you know, here and there, whatever it is, you know, whatever you want to call it. So that's the news as of now. We'll see what happens with him on and off the field. On the field with Aaron Rodgers, deal not restructured with the Green Bay Packers, which basically, guys, means in a hole, they can let him go next year, which now I'm really thinking, okay, they're going to, because Jared Love's not going to really, I mean, Jordan Love, I'm sorry, he's like, for two years, you know, they drafted him in the first round. You know, they did the same thing again, but as we know, with Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre and both of these guys following legends, I understand that, but they'd be ready to move on. And it feels like the friction is building up a little bit again, Nikki. So this is brand new news that's come out in the last, you know, couple of days over here. Not things that we haven't heard before, but this is giving Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers an out, not this year, but the following year to leave Green Bay and go play somewhere else if that's what he wants to do. I feel like this is deja vu. Didn't we have the same conversation in the last offseason? Like, oh, they're moving on. The tension is building. Um, And they had a pretty good year. So maybe this is what they want. Maybe this will get them to the Super Bowl. But, um, yeah, you know what, though? Sometimes in life, things are very simple and actions speak a lot louder than words. That's very interesting that you said that because Mike Murphy, the president of the Green Bay Packers, didn't have a lot of words to say. He said, well, when he was questioned about Aaron Rodgers in his speech there, he said, well, I really can't say much about that, D. And he can say much about that. He can say whatever the hell he wants, but he's choosing not to. I don't know. Does that give you any inclination as to what where you think they're going, uh, not just this year, but the year after? Uh, yeah, I think this year is going to be the year that we see Aaron Rodgers have another great season. Next season or the off season of next year is where things will get spicy, right? Without the extension and with Jordan Love sitting now two years, right? Because if I remember correctly, Aaron Rodgers had to sit three at the beginning of his career because of Brett Favre, right? Mm-hmm. That's correct. Yep. So it is definitely history repeating itself. You would think if there was one organization that wouldn't do this, It'll be the one who went through this 15 years ago. Like, yeah. you, <laughs> like it's like, really? You're the, guy, you're the guys who set the example of what not to do. Why would you do it again? Um, <laughs> but yeah, it just doesn't make any sense for them. Like it made no sense at the time when they drafted him. Aaron Rodgers was coming off of a quote unquote down year where he threw only two interceptions. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it just, it made no sense at all. And now they find themselves in this situation. Of Hopefully Jordan Love is showing some type of, potential at practice that you can see um, with Aaron Rodgers. We were hearing about how good he was when Brett Favre was there. So we knew like, okay, this guy could be special with Jordan Love. We haven't heard that yet. So that's kind of concerning. Um, at least even like somebody would at least make it up like, Oh man, Jordan Love is out here at practice throwing dimes. We haven't even heard that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's kind of concerning. Um, so maybe they'll try to work it out if Jordan Love isn't that guy, but you have to, give him a chance to be that guy. So I think this year will be the last year Aaron Rodgers will be in Green Bay. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I thought it was going to be last year, but the relationship between him and Mike LaFleur, or Matt LaFleur, excuse me, ended up working out really well, becoming buddies and whatnot. But yeah, we got to remember Aaron Rodgers was the MVP last year, so it's kind of hard to get rid of a guy like that, especially if he can duplicate what he did in uh, 2020 and 2021. All right, let's get to the crazy trade that happened in like five seconds out of nowhere that literally almost got me into an accident because I was driving when I heard this. I said, what the hell? The 49ers got the third pick overall, so I bugged out. 
But then I bugged out again when I saw what they gave up to the Dolphins. The Niners gave up their 12th pick this year, then two more first round draft picks and a third round of this year. Then the Eagles, all right, go ahead and make a trade to jump back. Uh, um, I'm sorry, Miami makes a trade to jump back from 12 to six with the Eagles because the Eagles need to improve all over the place. So they needed more uh, first rounders, which they got, and more draft picks. So we have a lot to unravel here, guys. Let's start with the 49ers. Let's start with my team first, all right? Clearly, they have two or three quarterbacks that they like. Otherwise, they would not have made this move. Can we agree on that? Yes. Definitely. Definitely. All right. So I don't know if it's Justin Fields, and I don't know if it's Mac Jones, even though I've been hearing a lot more Mac Jones lately. And that scares me a bit because he's really only had one year of work and then you know, um, you look at Justin Fields, who has proven himself over and over again. You worry about the injury factor. Now, with the 49ers offense, your quarterback doesn't necessarily have to be a great athlete. Now, Mac Jones is a pretty good athlete. I'm just not sure if he's better than Justin Fields overall. Fields is a better athlete. He's faster. There's no question. But Mac Jones still ran a 4-7, or I think a subpar 4-7. I personally don't like how aggressive the 49ers were, guys. Um, they did give up a lot, which can hurt. And we have a lot of young players we're going to need to get paid at uh, some point, which is why we've made certain trade and got rid of the uh, DeForest Buckner last year. But let's just look at it from the 49ers perspective. Forget about, about Miami. Forget about Philadelphia for a minute. Did the 49ers, Damian, in your opinion, do the right thing by moving up to third overall, which would basically mean they don't believe in Jimmy G? What do you think about all they gave up and what they did to move up? And who do you even think they're going to get? So if they believe that either Mac Jones, Justin Fields, or Trey Lance is the guy of the future, can be a franchise guy, they made the right move. Now, the problem is they have a Super Bowl-ready team. So are you going to put a Super Bowl-ready team in the hands of a rookie quarterback mm. right away? Or are you going to keep Jimmy G? and have him there as like a lame duck quarterback for a year. And he can try to prove himself to get somewhere else when you have the Super Bowl roster that's ready now. Because if you put it in the hands of a rookie and he's not ready, now you're just permanently closing the window on a Super Bowl roster, which you definitely don't want to do because it's not easy to build a roster that's good. So that's my only like cause to pause would be, are you, are you going in on this rookie quarterback to lead a team to the Super Bowl when, you know, it's very hard for a rookie to do that. Uh, also, I think everything points to Mac Jones, even though Justin Fields seems like he would be a better fit for that offense with his mobility, the ability to go and bootleg. And, you know, if you have a rookie, this offense will be perfect for that because they run the ball so much, play action, very simple reads for a young QB. So right. I think it is the right move. And it's going to be very interesting on draft night. It's got me excited. I can't wait to see what they take. Um, and me too, me too. You know, I'll be excited because they know better than I do. Their scouts know better. And they've made pretty much all the right moves so far, which gets me excited, leading me to believe that, you know, look, we saw Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo, who we all know is a subpar or a sub-average quarterback, Nikki. We know that. Him helped the 49ers get to a Super Bowl. Again, Damian mentioned all that talent on that team. Are they going to bring in a rookie to start right away? I don't know. The answer is they are keeping Jimmy G as of now. Unless the Patriots decide to make, you know, a halfway decent offer, 
yeah, I guess they'll do it. But word is they're going to keep Jimmy G. Does that mean he starts? I don't know. But what I love is that they recognize that he's not going to be the guy that's going to win them a game if they need it, if the defense has an off game, if Nick Bosa goes out with an injury or whatever it is. So, again, I'm with Damian. I think they're making the right move because they clearly have three quarterbacks they love. So are you thinking the same thing? Or do you think they gave up too much or both even, which is fine with me? No, I I am with you guys. And Jay, I was going to ask you, like, are you excited? Because I do think they've made the right moves. I do think that the 49ers have one hell of a roster going there. So I would be excited if I was a 49ers fan. They obviously think one of these guys is the guy because you don't make moves like that unless you – truly believe in one of these guys now does jimmy g start i'm gonna say probably i guess i'll just go with a little bit of logic um but who knows six seven eight nine weeks in like where we are but i think they did the right thing for the organization i do too and it it comes down to me again guys uh look they went to mac jones pro day they didn't go to justin fields pro day Is that like, I don't know, are they playing mind games? I don't know. Personally, I'd rather have Justin Fields. I'm scared about the injuries, which has always bothered me about Jimmy G. He just can't stay healthy. That's not to say that Mac Jones is, God forbid, going to get an ACL injury. Knock on wood. We don't want that to happen. All I know is, is that they're in prime position right now, D, like you said, to win a Super Bowl in the next year or two. So we're not going to get Patrick Mahomes, obviously, but he was able to do something like that. So, again, you put a great team around a quarterback who can make the right reads, do the right stuff, run the right offense. Yeah, we're in good shape. So I'm really excited, Nikki. I definitely am. I can't wait to see who it's going to be. And whoever it is, I'm going to clap because I know that they're making the right decision, or at least they believe they're making the right decision. All right, let's go to Miami's part of this whole thing, guys. They collect more draft picks off this whole Laramie Tunsil trade. Brian Flores keeps coming up with stuff. Guy, you just want to run through a wall through on Sunday afternoon. So they once again do a remarkable job maneuvering around in the draft, getting more first rounders in the next couple of years. And obviously like the two or three offensive playmakers for Tua, you know, they got to get these guys. So from the Dolphins perspective, I'm asking you guys what you think. So Nikki, I'll actually go to you first on this one. They're actually, it seems like they're putting a lot of pressure on Tua to say, listen, we're giving you a lot of players, a lot of playmakers, but in a sense, that's not fair because he didn't get a full offseason and he didn't play a full season last year. And that wasn't his fault. He was healthy. He was ready to go, as we know, at least for the most part in the beginning of the season. So they pick up more draft picks. We're thinking they're going to go maybe with your guy Pitts, unfortunately, or maybe they get Jamar Chase, who's... Excellent. Devante, I don't know, whatever it is with their sixth pick and then going forward. I think the Dolphins did a great job. So what do you think about their moves, what they did here with Philly and the 49ers? And what do you think they're going to do with the sixth pick? Um, well, I'm off the pits train now that we got Kyle Rudolph. So I, I got off that stop. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, listen, I'm a fan of collecting draft picks. If, if you can do it and you can afford it and you want to get that draft capital, you know, go ahead and do it. I do still think I would like to see Tua get a fair shot. They're so quick to pull the Fitz magic trigger and it just annoyed me so much. Like, again, I mean, 
I don't know. I just, how else are you going to learn? And you're right. No, he didn't have full season. Didn't have, no one had a full off season. So I would like to see him with the pieces in place and tools around him and give him a fair shot. Yeah, definitely. For a long period of time, you can't just put it in a bottle for one year with two of this year and say, well, that's what we got. Look, they almost made the playoffs last year. You know, they put up a dud in the last game of the season, Damian against the Buffalo bills, but The Dolphins are a team clearly on the rise and now getting more draft picks with a coach that can be there for the next 15 years. Maybe they're looking really, really good in a division that could be really, really tough. Yeah, I definitely agree with all of that. Um, I actually think this takes pressure off of Tua, though, because you think about it. Everybody was wondering, are they going to pull the Arizona Cardinals card and just draft a QB right after they drafted one the previous year? like the Cardinals did with drafting Kyler Murray uh, right after they drafted that quarterback before, who's yeah, Josh, Rosen. Forgetting. Josh yeah. Rosen. Thank you. Uh, that's how bad he's been. You know, his name's not being remembered here, but, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but with Tua, they're saying, okay, we're going to push back. We don't need one of those top picks because we're not getting the quarterback. So we're going to push back, get a wide receiver or get somebody else that we need. And also even have more draft capital to trade away or to use to get more players for you. So I think it takes pressure off of Tua and it gives him a chance to relax and breathe and say, okay, this is my team. I know it for sure now. Let me just go out there and do my thing. The part where I say he's got the pressure, and you're right, he should feel like it's his team and it is his team right now. But with what they're giving him around him, especially on defense where he's not going to have to put up 30 points a game this offense, the Miami Dolphins, they're saying, look, we're giving you absolutely pretty much everything. You know, I, I don't want to go crazy. It's not like they're the most dominant team in football. I don't want to get carried away over here. But they're giving enough weapons. They're most likely going to draft either Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith to give another weapon out there. Or maybe it's, it's even Pitts. I don't know. You know, you have a double tight end system with uh, Kaseki over there. You know, quarterbacks love that sort of stuff. So where I say pressure, it's like, all right, here's your guys. Here's what we're giving you. Now I want to see you throw the ball down the field a little bit more. So I feel like that's where the pressure comes. But I do agree with what you're saying. He can feel less pressure in the way knowing that Fitzmagic isn't over his side anymore, you know, waiting to come in. He's in a totally different conference, a totally different division now in Washington. So I do get your point there. It makes sense. It definitely makes sense. I'm not sure what's making sense with Sam Darnold right now because it seems like the Jets are hell-bent on drafting Zach Wilson and they made his pro day like an extravaganza. That's another story altogether. But um, here's the thing. It, it, Sam Darnold's future flights are canceled with the Jets at this point because the 49ers, I'm sure, offered the Jets the same package. And they said no. All right. The two first rounders, you know, move back a few picks this year, another third rounder. They said no because they want probably, it seems like, Zach Wilson that much that bad and they refused all that future capital that they could have used in my opinion they screwed up bad but they must really not like sam donald in there but then again damien they're bringing in new coaches and you know again my boy robert sala and mike lafleur matt lafleur's brother it's a whole different thing so i'm kind of surprised that they would turn all that down yeah so it means that they think they found her guy yeah. And maybe it's Zach Wilson, but we, you know, we've always been surprised with the draft as well. So maybe yeah. they'll surprise us and pick Mac Jones. Like the year that Baker Mayfield went number one, we didn't know he was going to go number one until like the night of the draft. 
That's like it true. Was all, it was all this different speculation. And then boom, it was Baker Mayfield. Um, so it's going to be, you know, this year we know who the number one is, but number two could be anybody. Um, so we'll see what happens, but I think they know who their guy is and Sam Donald's either going to just be a backup or they're going to find somewhere for him to go, which for me has been surprising that they haven't found a trade offer for Sam Donald, unless they're trying to hold on to him as well, which I don't think would make much sense. Yeah, I'm not getting it. The Jets and Joe Douglas have been very stubborn as far as trading Sam Donald. Again, Nikki, if they're definitely taking a quarterback at number two, why wouldn't they try to go and get anything they could for Sam Donald? They could have traded him to Chicago or maybe a couple other teams that would pop into mind if you think about it. Talking, talking about Chicago, tweeting out QB1, Andy Dalton's picture on it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. The Jets, like, they are just baffling. I, I I really don't know. You guys know, living up in the tri-state area, it's, you know, New York radio, and um, the Jets fans are just like, what are you doing? Like, I don't get it. You don't like Sam Darnold, then trade him. I personally think, and I, I will maintain it, I don't care. They should have just traded out of that spot and, you know, start building this team and keep Sam Darnold. But you obviously don't like him. So what the hell are you hanging on to him for? I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't understand anything they do. And I just, I, I just hate talking about them because they're infuriating as a team. What you should do Jets is just let the fans run it for you. We'll just tweet in our ideas and just go off of that. <laughs> and I think your organization will run a lot smoother. Yeah, I know. It's, it, look, it's very interesting because there are teams, like you said, Chicago, number one, you know, right off the bat, they can use a quarterback. I don't know. Maybe Atlanta wanted to look more toward the future. Um, maybe the Carolina Panthers, because they didn't make a move to get up at number three. So what are they going to do now? Are they going to keep Teddy B? What's going to happen with that? The Broncos could have done it. So these are just a few teams off the top of my head. I'm naming right now that could have done these things and decided not to. Or And the Jets just shushed everybody away. So I guess they want whoever it is. And if it is Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, whatever, I guess they're hanging on to him. So there you go. I, I, I really don't get it. But... All right, uh, the Seahawks still trying to make Russell Wilson happy, Gamey, and they give Tyler Lockett a four-year extension for $69 million. I think that's a lot for him, but they have a great connection. So he gets this extension, Lockett. You think that makes Russell Wilson any happier? Uh, Probably so. They are close. So he's probably happy to see his man get his money. Yeah. Um, but outside of keeping him there, I don't think it helps in that aspect. Uh, you mentioned they do have a great connection. They have their numbers when they're throwing, when Russ is throwing to Tyler Lockett, have always been very, very efficient. Um, but as far as keeping Russ happy, we'll see, man. But for me, again, Russ was, he wanted to be heard, and I think they heard him. And we'll see if there's anything that happens when we get closer to the season as far as if he's still unhappy, does he say anything else? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's bad. That, that'll, a lot of that will depend on team success, as we know, Nikki, right? Oh, yeah. But I'm sure he's happy, you know, his guy will be sticking around for a little bit. Well, there you go. Yeah, him and DK Metcalf, they're going to have to pay him eventually. So, again, these are things that maybe Russell Wilson is thinking in his head, like, gosh, you know, I don't know where I'm going to get my next money, so maybe I should do something now. I don't know. And things are changing. Like we keep saying, the 17-game schedule is now completely – and totally official. I I think that we all share the same sentiment right here. And D, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm with Nikki. I'm like, ugh, why? No point. Stupid. Some players wanted it, and they wanted it for the money. The veterans, for the most part, were like, no. And the voting was very, very close. But 
they did vote in favor of the 17 game schedule, Damian. You, you, can, are you happy about this at all? I mean, we all want more football, but at some point it's like enough's enough. No, I'm not happy about it at all. I think it was a failure on the NFLPA's part. So I this agree. was negotiated pre-pandemic. That's what we have to remember. Like they were trying to get 18 games for the longest and they settled on 17. But my thing is how did the NFL or the owners get both the extra playoff game or extra playoff team per conference and 17 games? I feel like that's one that you should have to choose between in the negotiations. Like what was the negotiation like? Where you just, they were just like, oh, we want 17 games and an extra playoff game and you'll give it to us. And NFL people was like, Okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, Some tough negotiators like, over there. Damn. God. Yeah. Like for me, it just seems very, very unnecessary. I compared it to the fourth member of Destiny's Child. <laughs> like, we, it just, we just did not, you know, once she was gone, we didn't miss her. And I feel like a 17th game <laughs> is something that we don't need. And if it went away after this year, we wouldn't miss it at all. And then don't even mention like the records, things that aren't going to mean the same, like, some, there's going to be five people that pass for 5,000 yards next year. Certain things like that are just going to be just annoying. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's a great point. You know what, that's something I want to spend more time with you guys on, maybe in, in the next episode or if we have time later. I would love to get to that because there is so much to unfold over there regarding game checks and how much they make and this and that and the other. So, yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. They're trying to push it all the way back to the Super Bowl to, like, president's day weekend so you don't have to go to work on monday but they hey, wanted I, to I, do that forever right i mean yeah. that was oh that was always their thing let's get it president's day weekend to nobody has to go to work on monday like is that all of this is just because of that that's you see this 17 game schedule has been on the table since 2006 15 yeah. years ago. it took this long for it to finally happen so Again, I don't know how these inner workings go. I got to talk to Demora Smith, head of the NFLPA. Yeah, please help. get on that. Both of you, please present <laughs> present our side. Rep third and three podcasts. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, really, we would love that. But All right, talk about like a money grab. It's just a money grab for the league. Yeah. Obviously. That, that's why there's no even point in bringing it up. It, it's all about money. Everything is about money. I told you guys the other week. Everything is about money. That's why we don't have the good technology. It's all about money. That's what I said. All right, we're all about tomatoes over here. 60 feet, six inches away from the plate. Nikki's winding up. I know she's ready to go. And throwing strikes is not what we want here. We want to hit the guy at the plate. So, Nikki, tomatoes, let's go. Hit the batter. Um, well, I'm hitting Villanova this week because, oh, yeah. damn it. I took them. I know I was taking a risk. I get it, you know, but is it really that risky? I mean, they're a good team. They have won in the past. They have played consistently good basketball as well. I know they were a five. So it's not like I took a 16 to win it all. I don't think it was that far fetched. And I'm watching the game and I'm watching the first half. And I'm thinking, oh my God, oh, I'm like, I am like a savant. This is great. I like never watch it, but here we go. <laughs> I'm pulling this off. Villanova is going to pull this off. And then no, no, like the second half comes and Baylor just bullies them, just shooting threes on them. They completely implode. And this is what I get for trying to roll with a team from Philly. I will never do it again. I have officially learned my lessons. So take all these tomatoes from the Garden State. <laughs> there you go. All right, farmers, get to rebuilding over there because you lost a lot of tomatoes on this Wednesday over here. 
Oh, boy, that's a good one, though. I know that's got to hurt because you were kicking some serious butt. And now your husband is. And we'll talk about that later. Some amazing stuff. Damien, where are your tomatoes going this week? So I'm throwing my tomatoes at both Kevin Durant and Michael Rappaport. Oh. I don't know if oh, you guys yeah. have seen this. Uh, so I'm throwing my tomatoes at Michael Rappaport for sending screenshots of private messages between those two. And I'm throwing my tomatoes at Kevin Durant for responding in such a way. Why are you so sensitive? Because it started off as Michael Rappaport criticizing him for the way he acted during the interview. And then it escalated to Kevin Durant talking about meet me here so we could fight. You're a basketball player, dude. Like, what are you talking about? Um, <laughs> so I think both guys are in the wrong here. Michael Rappaport shouldn't have publicized their private conversation. They could have met in private and squashed it. And Kevin Durant, you're not a tough guy. Stop it. Like, <laughs> go play ba- be one of the greatest basketball players we've ever seen, you know, and do other stuff that's amazing in the community. But fighting isn't one of them. Don't, don't be threatening people. Don't do that. Like, right, right. The language was just crazy. Unless they talk to each other that way, I, you know, I'm in, I was in the Navy. I have friends. We use colorful language when we talk to each other. I get that. But it's not to that point. It never gets to that point where it seems threatening. So for KD, I need you to calm down. For Rappaport, you can't be out here just sending out the private messages to everybody to see so you can seem like you're doing something major. I couldn't agree with you more, man, on that. I think they're both at fault over here. Way to go. Because, you know what, since they were DMs, yeah, keep it private. That's the reason why they were DMs. So I'm with you on that. But, yeah, some of the language used by Kevin Durant, then he's just gotten madder and madder and madder as his career has gone on. He came in as, like, the quietest. And he didn't say anything for four years in the NBA. He was, like, you know, the nice – and I'm not saying he's not a nice guy, but it's just him on social media. That shit don't mix, man. It really doesn't. It's a problem. You know what else don't mix? Honestly, NFL and Pro Day. The hype is out of control. If Again, you guys seen the Zach Wilson thing that we talked about. They're putting so much on this. And I know you you just want to see a little bit extra. I get it in a way. But for goodness sake, just watch the tape for the most part. Get your measurables. Talk to the kid. But doing all this stuff without any pads on, without any defenders out there, and you're marveling over these throws. I got news for you. I can make those throws, guys. I'm sorry, but I can. When nobody's <laughs> out there, I could do that. I have the arm strength, but I ain't playing in the freaking NFL. I'll tell you that right now. Just like Jamarcus Russell throwing the ball 796 <laughs> yards from his knees. It's not going to happen. This stuff doesn't matter. But, you know, Zach Wilson could turn out great. That's not my point. It's just the overhype of the pro date. That's what bothers me. So that's where my tomatoes go. You know, again, kind of like how they do things with the combine. Oh, my God. He jumps 75 feet in the air. Okay, he's an offensive lineman. So when is he going to really be doing that? You know what I'm saying? Like, stuff just gets out of control. Not that an offensive lineman can do that ever. But there's my tomatoes. Let's see. Let me get check the time. Yep, we could do our applause. Let's rock and roll over here. No, Jay, got? we got to go to break. Oh, no, we got to take a break? Okay, let's do that. And then we'll come back with our applause in 60 seconds. When we heed a certain call, when the world 
must come together as one. There are people dying. Oh, when it's time to lend a hand to life, the greatest gift of all. We can't go on pretending day by day that someone, somewhere, will soon make a change. We all a part of. God's great big family and the truth, you know, love is all we need. Be our be our We are back. We are back. Third and three podcast. Damian, Nikki, and Jay are here with you today as we are every Wednesday. We're doing our applause and tomatoes. Nikki likes to call it the WTF moments. That's why we start with the tomatoes. We're getting to applause right now. We've thrown our tomatoes. You may get into some rants later, but it is applause time. Guys, you know what? Let me start. I'm going to give mine because I've never done this in my life. I'm not a fan of him per se. I didn't like what he did this year in order to get out of the team that he played for. However, Kevin Durant is not on the floor. Kyrie Irving sometimes disappears off the flat part of the face of the earth. James Harden. (laughs) (laughs) James Harden gets my round of applause because he's playing beautiful, phenomenal basketball that I've been begging to see, not just out of him, but out of the NBA. What he's doing now is what a point guard does. Scores, assists, get guys open. His body language is even different. Last year, it was dribble, 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 through the legs 15 times, back up three, that's it. Not happening this year. Yeah, sure, he's taking his three-point shots, but he's taking more high-percentage shots. He's passing the ball well, buying into the team, and now they're bringing the Marcus Aldridge, and they can see what they get out of Blake Griffin. KD hasn't even really even played yet, I think, seven games this year. So, again, Harden has been doing this for the most part by himself. I'm not trying to take away credit from others, but what he's doing this year is phenomenal, and this is the kind of basketball player that he is and we've always wanted to see, not what he had to do, Damian, last year, and the years before in Houston, because he really didn't have the help around him. Now he's kind of buying in. So I'm loving what James Harden is doing. Yeah, no, that was a great applause. He's been killing it. Uh, He's been somebody who I've been hard on for the way that he left Houston and the unprofessional way in which he did it. Um, But like you mentioned, he's been killing it in Houston. I talked about it on my show um, this week where he said he feels like he's the MVP and has a right to feel that way. He may be the first guy to win it, after getting traded during the season. That's how great he's been in wow. Brooklyn. Um, so, yeah, you definitely hit it on the head with that applause. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I appreciate that. Nick, I know that you don't pay as much attention to basketball, but it's Brooklyn. It's, you know, right around the corner. And James Harden, man, really has been absolutely unbelievable. You had a chance to catch a Nets-Knicks game. What, it's not as bad as in years past. Let's just say that it's been pretty good lately. <laughs> I'll take your, I'll take your guys as well. Yep. yep. Play real basketball. It's a beautiful thing. All right. The 
up to you, and then we'll save the best for last, as in the lady, as in Miss Nikki Tricky Guest. All right, D, go ahead, brother. So for my applause this week, I'm going to go ahead and give a round of applause to Stephen A. Smith. Um, so the reason I'm giving Stephen A. Smith a round of applause this week is the way he handled the back and forth he had with Russell Westbrook and also with Westbrook's wife, Nina. Um, so it all started when Russell Westbrook had this crazy game where he had like 35 points, 21 assists, 14 rebounds. One of those nights only Russell Westbrook could have. You're right. And Stephen A. came out and said that those games don't really matter to him anymore when it comes to Russell Westbrook because they haven't led to him winning a championship or this year pretty much winning at all with the Wizards. Mm-hmm. And Westbrook responded by saying that, you know, he's already a champion because of what's happened in his life coming from nowhere to where he is now. And his wife has some things to say about Stephen A. And Stephen A's response to them, I thought was perfect, right? All he did was compliment the wife. The wife had some mean things to say about him. He said, I understand why she's not a fan of me. If I had a wife, I want her to come to my defense in that way. But when he responded to Russell Westbrook, he said, yeah, no one said that you didn't win in life. You made hundreds of millions of dollars playing basketball. Seemed like you're happy, beautiful wife, beautiful children. You've won the game of life. What does that have to do with basketball? I'm talking about on the court. And on the court, Russell Westbrook has all the stats. going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, most athletic point guard we've ever seen. But it has come up short in big moments. And ever since Kevin Durant left OKC, we've seen Russell Westbrook go out in the first round all those years with the Thunder. Even though he's put up these great numbers, First round exit, even with Paul George on the team. First round exits, we all remember um, Dame Dollar waving bye to him after he hit the game winner against him in the first round. Yeah. Um, and last year, with another MVP in James Harden, they fell short in Houston. So Stephen A. has every right to criticize Russell Westbrook for his shortcomings on the basketball court. And when he does that, you can't respond by saying, or you shouldn't respond by saying, oh, well, I've won in the game of life. And Stephen A. made a great response. Stephen A. was like, I've won in the game of life, but I can't come here and say the, the ratings for this show don't matter when I got this big contract. He's right. Mm-hmm. He's got to come through and give good shows, good responses, good takes to live up to his deal, just like Russell Westbrook does out on the court. So I had to give my applause to Stephen A. Smith for one of my favorite takes he's had so far. I think that's really well done. And you guys know that I'm up and down on Stephen A. Smith because he's just, you know, bananas sometimes. But the man knows his stuff. There's no doubt. So responding in that way by saying, yeah, we're talking about basketball over here. And again, it's Stephen, jo- Stephen A's job to do that. He's an analyst, especially with basketball. And he does know what he's talking about. And he's correct, Nikki. Russell Westbrook has not won anywhere he's gone. And he's gone to several different places now. And he's not helping these teams win like a Chris Paul who's older than him, wherever he goes, he turns the team into magic. So that says something where you can have all the athletic ability in the world, but if you're not a winner and helping your team out, then, you know, I mean, you could be a triple-double machine all you want, but you got to win. Well, sometimes you just got to kill them with kindness, and it seems like that's what Stephen A. Smith did, just kind of took the high road there, and yeah, no, it was a beautiful response. I I like that, Dan. Again, Stephen A. is more than allowed to say that. He's been covering the game for a long, long time. No question. All right. Let's close out the applause section with Nikki. Tricky. What's up? What do we got? 
Um, I'm actually going to applaud John Mara. For those who don't know, he is the owner, co-owner of the Giants. And usually I can't stand it when he speaks. Um, (laughs) I can't, but he, you know what I do like about him? He is just like the most of all the owners thinks, talks, acts like your typical fan. And I think it's because he didn't make his fortune in the market or real estate, right? This is a family owned, but all he knows is football. Um, So he just kind of came out and said like, Hey, he's tired of the losing season. Things need to turn around, but I applaud them for, they spent a lot of money, 120, $120 million. You don't usually do that. They went out, got the pieces they needed. Kyle Rudolph, Galladay, like, uh, you know, I think we're heading in the right direction. He said that Daniel Jones could win this franchise, multiple Super Bowls. Um, I don't, really buy that yet but i applaud him for just kind of coming out here on sunday and he had also said this is the first time in several years he has seen the players buy into the head coach and i think that that speaks volume so he's a man of little words but he says a lot and uh, i applaud the giants for spending that money this time and and getting these pieces in place well done because you know what Buying into the coach is selling is, is half the battle, basically, because you have to believe in your coach. D, you know this. Otherwise, it's going to be much harder to perform on the field mentally and physically, no doubt. And real quick, D, before I get, we get your opinion on what you said, uh, talk about quarterbacks that are under pressure. I mentioned two before. Daniel Jones now is going to start to feel the pressure that Saquon Barkley, hopefully he'll be back nice and healthy. You got Kenny Galladay out there and other weapons, so... Let's see. Let's see Daniel Jones do his thing right now. But, uh, D, you have any thoughts on that? No, I definitely agree with what Nikki had to say there on that applause. Uh, like I said, a little heavy on Daniel Jones' love, but uh, I think I agree <laughs> with the rest of his statement. All right. Fair enough. All right. So that is applause and tomatoes of the day. And we keep moving on our way over here as we get to Mount Player. Player! AFC West are up to this time. The needs of the AFC West moving as we are into the offseason over here through free agency and going to the draft, we're going to go from top to bottom, which obviously means we start with the Kansas City Chiefs, who are the reigning AFC champions, lost the Super Bowl to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We all know about it. Eric Fisher was their left tackle, who they were missing, who if they had, they thought maybe they could have won. They released him. So what do you got to do for the Chiefs? Guys, I say offensive line. You got to protect Patrick Mahomes, there's no doubt. And you got to start thinking. I know it sounds crazy. You got to start thinking more skilled players because these guys, some of them have got paid and more are going to get paid. Sammy Watkins is already out, not that he was going to get a ton of money, but there's going to be a time where there's too much money wrapped up in the offense for the defense ain't going to be able to do a damn thing. So I think that they're going to have to try to weigh this out and it's going to be tough. But uh, Nikki, I'll go to you first. I think the first move they have to make is try to find the best offensive lineman they can, unless because of where they're drafting, maybe they get the best player available. But again, I think you need to protect Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, for sure. Um, I had written down, you know, I think they need to address uh, offensive tackle. And also, as of yesterday, their center is a free agent. Um Still on the oh, as of yesterday, he's still on the market, so nobody is clamoring for this guy. Um, and I think they might need to go center here because if you had to pick a weakness on this team, I would say 
that this is why CEH struggled um, because he had a, as a rusher, because he had a crappy interior offensive line. And I think that they really, really, really need to address that sooner rather than later because it's becoming a glaring weakness for them. I like that being specific on the interior of the line also. I like that because, you know, you do want to have a balanced offense. Even if you do have Patrick Mahomes, you want to be able to run the ball. And they were doing that so well in the beginning of the year until Clyde Edwards-Hilaire did get hurt. D, I want to hear exactly who, what you think they should do. I would like to just hear your thoughts about what I had to say where they're going to have to pay and have paid so many offensive players that they're going to have to start drafting some in the third and the fourth round to maybe – sneaky playmakers that they'll be able to have in the next four years, whereas Tyreek Hill may not be there and some of these other guys. Yeah, I definitely agree with both of you guys on the points that you've made. Um, as far as the skill position goes, you're absolutely right. Those guys are going to start getting paid. Um, and for me, they do a good job of finding these guys who run four, two, four, three, um, but went to like a smaller school or in Tyreek Hill's case had some trouble in school. And next thing you know, they fall in the draft and they find them and they find a first round talent in the third, fourth, fifth round. So I think right. they'll try to do that again this season, but they definitely should attack offensive line first. And I do like what Nikki said about interior of the offensive line. Um, they've already, you know, tried to attack that a little bit here in the off season as far as offensive line, but I do think they need that young talent that comes in through the draft. Um, so I would go with Nikki there and say maybe a center or a, there's a stud guard there. Yeah, I like it a lot. Well done. Well done all around. Excellent. All right. A team that was pushing for the playoffs last year, the Oakland Raiders. All right. So they can play some offense, guys, as far as I could see. Um, but what do you all think? Damien, what do you got? Linebacker, safety, that middle, <laughs> that defense. We've talked about it before. Yeah. Um, they need to improve that defense in a major way. So I would look for a stud linebacker, stud safety there um, throughout the draft. Yeah, I'm echoing it right there, uh, Nikki, because like I, I say the same thing. They look pretty good on offense right now. Yeah, maybe you want to get another playmaker because, you know, Henry Ruggs really isn't going to be that guy. I think we can tell already that he's going to be a 20-catch-a-year guy maybe. You know, he may have uh, the best, you know, um, I'm sorry, uh, uh, what do you call it, per catch rate, you know, 21 yards. Yards, 30, yards per 30, catch. Yards per catch. Thank you. Thank you, Damian. I appreciate it. But um, – Nikki, yeah, that's the thing. I, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with D over here. Got to go defense, but where would you start? Yeah, they definitely do. We harp on them all the time. Like, you know, they can play offense, and we have said so many times that they could just get this defense together. Um, yeah, I think they need to go and get themselves a shutdown corner. I think they'll be moving in the right direction. Uh, they also traded away their right tackle, so that might be of some interest to them. But then let's also keep in mind John Gruden. You know, he likes to take these players from big players from these big programs, so that might come into a little bit of decision making as well but I am with you guys I think they got to go defense yeah and you know in this division when you're talking about Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes you definitely want to make sure that secondary and you got a pass rush but yeah up the middle is very important for teams that are going to that are going to run the Broncos try to run uh they finished in third last year I believe in this division I don't know what they're exactly doing at quarterback and bottom line is they played pretty good defense last year under Vic Fangio they need offense, and I, I don't know where you start. You know, they went ahead and they got Jerry Judy last year, Damian. Um, 
So you got a wide receiver. They got Melvin Gordon. They just traded away Phillip Lindsley. You know, I don't know if they're going to draft a running back that high. So this is kind of tough for a team that needs a lot of different things and doesn't have the main piece to their puzzle. What do they do, the Broncos? Oh, and right before I get to the Broncos, I just had like a flashback when you mentioned Henry Ruggs III. I don't know if you guys remember the first episode we ever did. I said that Henry Ruggs III was reminding me a lot of Darius Hayward Bay. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be. Yes. <laughs> wow. So I don't Throwing know. back to our first episode. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know if Henry Ruggs III is going to live up to expectations there, but we'll see. Uh, but as far as the Broncos, I think if there's a hidden quarterback there, where do you know where the Broncos are picking? Yeah, ninth. Ninth. Okay. Ninth. So I think that they should go QB. I think that one of those five is going to slide um, because I think Atlanta's not going to take a quarterback. And because it's going to be tough for them to get off of Matt Ryan's contract the way it's structured, not just this year, but even next year. So I think Atlanta's going to surprise some people and not take a QB. There's going to be two QBs that slide a little bit. I think Denver should take either Trey Lance, Justin Fields, whoever it is that slides, they should pick up that quarterback. I like your thinking. My worry is, are all of them really going to slide? Because here we, here we go, Nikki, before we go to you real quick, and, you know, I want you in on this, obviously, all of us. Jacksonville taking Trevor Lawrence, one gone. The Jets, let's assume they take Zach Wilson, another gone. San Francisco, let's say they take Justin Fields. That's the third one gone. I'll say Atlanta's six with Matt Ryan for now and agree Cincinnati is fine at five. The Dolphins are good at six. The Lions at seven. They just got golf. They're not going to do anything. Now, here are the Carolina Panthers at eight, which can destroy things, which may mean that Denver should trade up to seven or even be more safe and trade to five or four with Atlanta or Cincinnati if they want to go for the quarterback. Because I agree. I think that's the position they got to go for. And if they like any of these guys, then maybe you're going to have to pay something for it. Nikki, what do you think? Yeah, I think so. We're what entering three year of the Drew Locke experience and it's not going well. So no. to me, they yeah, you're at number nine. Like I even hate picking nine in a freaking fantasy draft. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but so, you know, really, okay, be, let's be realistic. They either trade up, go get their guy if they got a guy at quarterback. Right. Or they're just going to take the best available player or they're just going to trade back and get more draft capital. I actually think. They're going to trade back at nine. And I think they're going to take one of those pass rushers from Miami who had a hell of a pro day. That's interesting. Okay. Okay. That's going a different way over there. Cause look, they've been really good on defense, but there's other ways to go. You know, if you have an excellent defense, you don't have to get as much out of your offense. Maybe they can develop that running game. Very interesting though. D I'm, I'm on the same with you. Look, they don't have a quarterback. So go get one, and I think that they sh- they're probably going to have to move up in order to do it. Carolina didn't make that move with uh, Miami at number three. San Francisco got in there. So, again, three quarterbacks coming off right off the board, and then Carolina with the eighth pick. And then, you know, if, if hey, look, if the Broncos like who's left, then they'll take him. Otherwise, again, they're going to have to move up. But I definitely agree with you. I would go there. You're going to have to get a quarterback, no question about it. John Elway, Peyton Manning, so on and so forth. Going on to the Los Angeles Chargers. Okay. Well, they definitely got their quarterback. We figured that out really quick last year after the unfortunate incident with Tyrod Taylor. Um, so they were scoring a lot of points, but they were giving up a lot of points, Nikki. That's the problem. So what did they do? 
What do they do? They go yeah. get my guy, Kyle Pitts. Go get this tight end. You got to replace um, Hunter Henry anyway. And I, could you just imagine Kyle Pitts, Justin Herbert out there? I don't care what you got. They are saying this kid is probably the best athlete in the draft. You just go take this kid. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care about your defense. You go take the supposed best athlete. Um, all in on this kid. You know, guys, I want him for the Giants. Don't need to address that now. Uh, but, yeah, no, that's where I think the Chargers got to go. If you can get him, get him. Yeah, it's going to be tough to get him at 13. I hear where you're going. That would be a wonderful weapon for Herbert. But if this team wants to compete in the division, Damian, I believe they have to go defense. Yeah, they definitely need help on the defensive end. Now, if Pitts falls to them, that will be very enticing. Um, they have Jared Cook there, but as a Saints fan, I don't want you depending on Jared Cook. <laughs> so <laughs> they, they need to go ahead and address tight end. So I do like what Nikki's saying there. But their defense definitely needs to be addressed. If there's a stud edge rusher there, they could go there. Yeah, if you can match Joey Bosa up on with, and put another guy on the other side of the line, something like that. If you could find a Mike linebacker, somebody to run your defense. You know, they got a couple of good guys there, but each secondary is another one in this division where the Raiders throw the ball, the Chiefs throw the ball. We'll see what the Broncos end up doing. It'll be really interesting. It'll be really interesting. And um Nikki, so you were saying first they should go for pits, but if they had to go defense, would you go secondary or pass rush first? Um, Chargers, they just take any of the above. I mean, they need help. <laughs> Definitely, I think they would go secondary first, but I really, if they could get this guy, get him. I mean, so what? The Raiders don't have a defense either, and they hung in well in the division. Like, not the Chiefs have a great defense either sometimes, so... Yeah, yeah. They seem to just pick it up at the end of the year somehow. But uh, they lost the Super Bowl this year. We'll see what happens next year. They may come back really hungry. I know Andy Reid will come back hungry. He's always hungry. But Don't that's talk all. about food. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so that's far. I forgot to ask if you had your snack before. I don't know. I, I had a little snack, yeah. I had some cheese crackers. <laughs> <laughs> all right. At least you got something down over there. That's good. That's good. So, Nikki, last week in your absence, we had to come up with some major thing to do to fill the time because, you know, we were just missing you so much. Yeah, so okay. <laughs> yeah, you're damn right, okay. Are you kidding me? So we did the best male professional athletes of all time. We actually came up with 64 names, and we did, you know, the 1 through 16. So the, the whole first matchup, you know, we're not going to go through every single thing. We're going to go through the ones that we had kind of, you know, little dis little disputes on, little arguments on where D went one way, I went another way. So we, the first one where I think that we may have ran into something was, mm, was it Sugar Ray Robinson and Brett Favre? No, I think we both agreed on Sugar Ray Robinson. Yeah, we both agreed but on that one. I mean, you know what, you know what came up, which one we had to debate a little bit, even though it's a three versus fourteen, was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar versus Terrell Owens. We had to talk about that one a little bit because Nikki, you know, Owens, as you've seen his whole career, basically, and you know how great of a player he was, not such a great person sometimes off the field, even though it seems like he chilled out now. Now, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is all-time NBA leading scorer, five NBA or six NBA championships, I think. So he definitely did his thing. Athletically, I know it's hard because definitely different errors, but we know what we saw out of Owens and what you know out of Kareem what would you think? Where would you just tip the scale? Ah, did you guys, you disagreed on this one? You both went a different way? 
I ended up going a different way at the last second. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, maybe I just gave it away, but that shouldn't matter. It's whatever your thought is. <laughs> well, it's, it's, yeah, but it's not going to be a, like a fair thought because I watch way more football than basketball. So I would just naturally lean towards T.O. Okay, then this one, the next one may be even tougher then because Larry Bird came up versus Randy Moss in a four verse 13. And I was all ready to go Larry Bird. And then I thought about how you got Moss and all this stuff. And Damien, I think you took Bird and I went with Moss, correct? Yeah, I went with Bird. I said it was a, one of those classic games that went to the last second. Uh, and you saw three go through at the buzzer for Larry Bird on this one. Yeah, that's yeah. So that was Damien's point. Definitely, obviously, one of the greatest players in NBA history. Top ten, Randy Moss. You can say right there with Terrell Owens and Jerry Rice if you want. So again, knowing as much as you do, you know, you know as possible. And you know, Larry Bird's a little bit after, you know, Kareem, obviously. So you know more about that and his championships with the Celtics. What do you think about that matchup? That's a tough four versus thirteen. That is tough. Who was the four? The f- uh, you see, I love that. That's great. That proves my point. How great of a matchup that was. That, that is really tough. Wow. Larry Bird is the four. I think I may need to hear more arguments on the. The jury is not satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> the jury isn't satisfied. Okay, let me try to make my final closing arguments over here to our judge, Tricky Nikki, over here. Randy Moss, as far as an athlete and what he did coming in as a rookie, setting the league on fire. Not that Larry Bird didn't. And I'll give the edge, and I'll just make this already so Damien doesn't have to say it. Larry Bird is a champion, and Randy Moss really isn't. He had his shot, and you know it very well. But when it comes down to being the best at your position, where Larry Bird is a small forward, power forward, point forward, whatever you want to call him, I feel like there's more players ahead of him that are better than when you get to Randy Moss, who is no worse than three on the all-time wide receiver list. Damien, you go. So the reason I went with Larry Bird over Moss, Larry Bird has three MVPs, championships, right, plural, and also his impact on the game. So when you look at what Larry and Magic did for basketball, before Larry and Magic, the NBA was this league that was kind of pushed to the side. It was on tape delay. The NBA finals weren't live. Mm. Like you saw him after like the late night show with Carson and stuff like that. (laughs) And then Magic and Bird come in, change the whole game. The way I presented it last week was that Larry and Magic birthed the NBA and then Michael grew it up to be a full-grown adult and (laughs) without Larry and Magic Michael doesn't have the chance to do that so I think Larry Bird's impact on the game pushes him over Randy Moss yeah actually D I agree with you because Jay as you were talking I'm thinking yeah but if we're gonna the way I would, you know, kind of qualify it is who's had a bigger impact on their game. So I would go Larry Bird. Okay. That's fair. Hey, you're the judge, you're the jury, you're the executioner, and you just oh. chop my right off and you won't <laughs> so well done. <laughs> that's okay. D and I disagreed a lot last night on Red Cup Rants. So today we- Yeah, I heard about oh my God. Jeez. He's, troll. He's a troll. He's just trolling. That's all like 45 minutes of like Eli ain't shit. This one ain't good. This one, that is ball in the Hall of Fame. Giants suck. Get a new QB. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh man. All right. Here's a few more. Let's um now we agreed on that one. What we did disagree on, and I won't let's I won't tell you who took who yet, unless you need to make it, unless you need to hear arguments. Lennox Lewis, heavyweight champion of the world, 
for, I forgot how many years, but he beat everybody in his path. Reggie White, the minister of defense, was perhaps the greatest defensive lineman of all time. So we have a heavyweight champion and a great heavyweight champion against one of or maybe perhaps the best defensive lineman that ever played the game. Lennox Lewis versus Reggie White. Yeah, I know nothing about heavyweight champions. <laughs> Not a damn thing. So I will take arguments if the uh, lawyers are, if the council is so inclined. Go ahead, Dean. All right, so I picked Lance Lewis in this one. And when you, let, you look at Lance Lewis's resume. So in boxing, it's very rare that a person beats everybody that they fight. Now, he did have two losses, but he avenged both of those losses by knocking out the people who beat him. And he fought in an era in the 90s and early 2000s, which is considered a golden era in heavyweight boxing. And he was the best of that era. So he was better than Tyson, Holyfield, David Tua, Tommy Morrison. Tommy Morrison was so good that he got to be in a terrible Rocky movie. <laughs> you know, I've never seen the Rocky movies. Oh, oh my oh. God. Uh, show's over. Show's over. <laughs> We, that's another one we got to add to the list. Training Day is still on Netflix. No. We got to add the other one. We got to add those other ones to the list too. But so yeah, Rocky Five. You don't have to watch that one. It's terrible. The time Morrison was such, yeah. <laughs> was such a good boxer that he picked him to be in Rocky Five, and Lance Lewis beat him as well, and beat everybody from that era and dominated. He's actually the last undisputed heavyweight champion. This was back in two thousand and three when he was the undisputed heavyweight champion. They haven't had one since, right? They might have one this year, which we talked about with Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua finally fighting. But that's a, what, 2003, that's what, 18 years? Oh. Since they haven't had an undisputed champion, that's how great he was at what he did. And that's why I went with Lance Lewis. Okay, that's why he went with Lennox Lewis. And in all fairness, I am a fan of Lennox Lewis and he fought some pretty good fighters, but he nowhere near fought the best of the best. Maybe he fought the best of his time and he did a good job against him. But if I compare him against other boxers, the heavyweights going back, and I'm not going to name all their names right now, there's a lot of guys that would take over him. I can't think of one defensive lineman I would take over Reggie White. He was the first guy to get triple teamed. Okay, which opened up the room when he was on Philly for um, for other guys uh, to come in. Even uh, what's his name from uh, ESPN? Uh, well, Big Mike, Big Mike Senior, Mike Mike, Mike Golick over there. <laughs> yeah, they they had unbelievable. Uh, he, he was so unbelievable. He made everybody look so great. Jerome Brown, may he rest in peace, was another really good player. But again, Reggie White would get triple teamed because he was so big. And he had a move where he would knock 300. I'm not kidding, Nikki. He would knock 350 pound men over tumbling toward the sideline with one arm. He had this move where he would club you and you would just fly to the other side. So he had great success in Philly on the defense, but the offense could did nothing. He's like, you know what? I want out. I want to win a championship. Let me go somewhere where it's possible. He went to Green Bay. They instantly became the best defense in the NFL. And Brett Favre did his thing. They won a Super Bowl. Reggie White, may he rest in peace. Best defensive lineman, pretty much hands down, where you can argue about seven to eight to nine to ten other guys over Lennox Lewis in the heavyweight division. Go ahead and make your uh, your judgment there if you're... <laughs> you guys make this... Oh, you guys, uh, this is very tough. Um, maybe you guys should be lawyers. 
like in a wife <laughs> or something. <laughs> uh, uh, Jay, I will. I'm gonna side with you on this one. Okay, she's going with the football man on this one. All right, she's going with football. So it seems like we're a little tied up over here. Which other one? I'm so you- upset right now. This is real court. I'd be hold- held in contempt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my gavel? Hold on. Let me- yeah, right. That's what we need. <laughs> That's exactly what we need. Oh, man. Did we agree on Roy Jones Jr. and Lawrence Taylor? Yeah, we both went with Roy Jones. Okay. Okay, we did. All right. Um. Timmy and Mickey Mantle. That was more like baseball reference. Let me see toward we get some of these closer ones over here. Okay. All right. This one may be a little tough, Nikki. I got a, a couple of good ones in here for you. Let's see how you think. Here's a basketball one. Shaq, Steph Curry. I want your thoughts, plain and simple. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't like this game. <laughs> you got the dominant big guy. Oh, I know. And make all the moves. He can dribble. I know. Oh, man. I'm going to go Shaq because it was like the height of my youth and just like watching Shaq dunk. I mean, that's what you watched the game for, like watching Magic, Orlando Magic, watching Shaq dunk. Like I have to just like I, I'm the worst person at this because I'm so biased, but I associate my youth with that. So. That's where I'm going. <laughs> Great. I love it. It's terrible. You can't, you can't take me seriously. I've never seen Rocky. I've never seen training. <laughs> yeah. That part bothers me. The Rocky thing definitely flips me out a little bit, but that's a story we're going to have to save for another five hours of a different show. Probably. All right. How about this one? You saw Ken Griffey Jr. In his prime, you know what he was. He had a beautiful swing and you know all about how great Walter Payton was. Which one would you go there? I'm going to make that the last one. Walter Payton. And that was a quick one for you, too, huh? All right. She went Walter Payton with the quickness over there. We, D, we talked about this one a lot. And we were talking yeah. about where if he could have been the greatest of all time had he not got hurt before he gone to Cincinnati, right? I mean, you were even talking up a storm about him. Yeah, like I said, I'm not a big baseball guy, but he was one of the guys I gravitated to when I did watch baseball when I was younger. And he was amazing. Like I said, the reason I wore 24 and I played basketball was because Griffey wore 24 and he was like the coolest baseball player. One of the reasons I wear my hat to the back, Ken Griffey Jr. So yeah, he definitely had a big impact on me and almost, I almost played baseball, but again, I was like, I'm better at basketball. So that's why I put the impact (laughs) in it there, but he was, he was amazing though. All right. All right. Let's see. Let's see. One more, one more for Nikki. We're going to make this one. I'm actually going to switch it up just a little bit because I wanted to have a nice, perfect reference for this. All right, here we go. We got Deion Sanders on one side and you got Peyton Manning on the other side. (laughs) I know where I would go, but um, we have like five minutes. If you guys would indulge me in a quick argument, you guys disagreed here. I'm not saying we disagreed. Oh, you're supposed to give me ones you disagreed on. What is this? We did. We did. Oh, Oh, Peyton Manning. Oh, you went with who? Peyton Manning. You went with Peyton? Okay, she went with Peyton over Dion over there. All right. That wasn't one of our matchups. Those are two number fours. So I just made that one up for you because I was kind of just seeing which way you were going. Those are really tough between D last night, Jay tonight. I mean, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I should just stop taking vacations. This is what I got to come back to this Houston slander. <laughs> what, was, uh, what was your argument that you wanted to have, Nikki? I just wanted to hear what you guys were going to say. 
<laughs> I absolutely love it. I love it. No, that wasn't one of that was just one of the more made up ones that we came through. We had Tim Duncan versus Mickey Mantle, um, uh, Bill Russell, Ricky Henderson, Sandy Koufax, Kevin Durant, Barry Sanders versus Kevin Garnett. Oh, I'm glad you guys did this segment. You two were the perfect one to do it. <laughs> well, as it, as it closes down, we're going to get to 32 next week. It's going to be a lot more of the players that we don't, we talk about like Joe Montana's and Tom Brady's and stuff like that. So you hang in there. We got a lot more football for you. I promise. Even Brett Favre is in there somewhere, but he went against Sugar Ray Robinson and he got knocked out the third round. So that was kind of tough for him. Couldn't handle it. But uh, all right, since we're up against a commercial break, we've got a few more segments to come to when we get back, and we shall do that NCAA tournament, Knowledge with Nikki, Unpopular Opinions, back in 30 seconds. What? So I typed a text to a girl I used to see saying that I chose this cutie pie with whom I want to be. And I apologize if this message gets you down. Then I CC'd every girl that I'd CC round town and hate to see y'all frown, but I'd rather see her smiling. Witness all around me true, but I'm no island. Peninsula maybe, makes no sense. I know crazy, give up all this pussycat that's in my lap. No looking back, spaceships don't come equipped with rear view mirrors. They dip as quick as they can. The atmosphere is now ripped. I'm so like a pimp. I'm glad it's night. So the light from the sun would not burn me on my bum when I shoot the moon. I jump the broom like a preemie out the womb. My partner yelling too soon. Don't do it. Reconsider. Read some leather. Sure on the subject. You sure? Fuck it. You know we got your back like Cairo Pratt. If that bitch do you dirty, we'll wipe her ass out as in detergent. Now hurry, hurry, go on to the altar. I know you ain't a pimp, but pimp, remember what I taught you. Keep your heart, three stacks. Keep your heart. Hey, keep your heart, three stacks. Keep your heart. Man, these girls are smart. Three stacks, these girls are smart. Play your part. Play your part. Back on third and three. Here are we, the three of us as always. Nikki, Damien, and Jason, we are here for you, Third and Free Podcast. Shout out to the sports column, and thank you, Anchor Radio, for, again, presenting us every single week. We appreciate it, and thank you to the listeners, guys. We'll always get back at you at Third and Free Podcast. We love the bands. We love the conversation. Get in on the tournament. The NCAA tournament, I don't know if you want to get on with us because it is a complete freaking shit show, at least for me and D. Bro, we ain't doing too good at all, man. This, I mean, this is just crazy. I mean, not a lot of people are doing good. I heard there's something like 2,000 out of like 58 billion people had the correct Final Four, which is astonishing when you think about UCLA being a number 11, where they were one of those quote-unquote blue bloods forever. Now they're at 11th rank, and they got in there. Uh, Gonzaga's there going again, as we say, for the first time since uh, the Indiana Hoosiers did it with... Um, with Bob Knight to go undefeated the entire way. And they did it only in a 32 game championship. It wasn't 64 teams back then. And then we got Baylor, a number one seed in Houston and number two. So Nikki, you had Villanova. I had Iowa. They were out in the second round. D you had what LSU. Yep. Second round exit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> just not good at all on our parts. I mean, Nikki, you were rocking and rolling. You had like 99% for a while, but then Villanova fell off. But here we are left, and you guys' guess is as good as mine, but I guess I'll be rooting for Gonzaga here on out, uh, Damien, because I'd like to see that undefeated thing. And, you know, their coach, I forget his name off the top of my head. Maybe you can help me out with that. 
Uh, Mark Fuhr, I think it is. Yeah. Thank you, Mark Fuhr. So, um, yeah, I mean, gosh, he's what a recruiter, getting guys to go up there to the Pacific Northwest and play basketball. And they play really great team basketball. So I'm kind of rooting for him, man. I'd like to see this happen. Yeah, no, I agree with that. You know, I don't have any any dogs in the race now. I think Gonzaga, that's the only team I picked correctly in the Final Four. So I might as well root for them. <laughs> and the rest of my my bracket was done the first day because I had Ohio State going to the Final Four and they lost to Oral Roberts. Um, so I've been pretty much just, you know, rooting for whoever after that point. So, yeah, my bracket was just trash. <laughs> this did not look good. I just see cross marks and red marks yeah. and everything. Oh. I all over the place. Nikki, did you have the final four? Uh, no, I did not. I think I have Gonzaga, right? And that's the only thing keeping, I'm not even alive. What am I saying? <laughs> you guys <laughs> giving me any sort of decency. So, I mean, yeah, I guess go Gonzaga. UCLA is an 11 seed. I like a good upset. Like, how about the underdog? But, yeah, man, this is brutal. Oh, what was I thinking? Well, tell us who is in the lead. Oh my gosh. So I was for a while and I was gloating because my husband joined our uh, group here. He's Raven Terp fan. And he was like, yeah, or a vacation. And he goes, <laughs> um, you're gonna you that was a stupid picnic you're just giving giving it away like your giants gave away super bowl to the ravens i almost didn't go to dinner that night with him okay that was just like as low of a blow you could give me uh so he said you know i'm i'm gonna come up i'm coming up on the i'm scores like whatever so i'm a sore loser so once i was like i'm not checking this bracket anymore so anyway, we chat and he's, he's in first place in our league. So he may win his cupcake and 10 minutes. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's what it looks like. He's got Gonzaga as the champion too. So there you go. There you go right there. And that's pretty much all we're going to say about the NCAA tournament until we see a winner. And uh, again, maybe Gonzaga makes history or somebody just shoves him off. UCL, UCLA makes history by being a number 11 seed. That would be incredible. All right. We all know what's incredible right now. You know what time it is. It is tricky Nikki time. Knowledge with Nikki, which we missed last week. Damien and I had to go do our thing, and Damien beat me up last week, Nikki. I don't know if you got a chance to hear it or not, but he he did a really good job. He really did. I thought I was doing good for a while, and then he broke out Michael all over candy from the 1998 draft. I'm like, who even thinks of something like that? I was blown away. So he did an awesome job, but now you're here. And we know that it's going to get absolutely insane. So let's make it happen right now. Questions, but first. This thing is monocycle. I think it's very vital. That's right. Oh, yeah. One of our favorite segments, no doubt, because it is seriously, incredibly, ridiculously, unbelievably, frantically tricky is what happens here. We have no clue what's going on. If it's a holiday, we can think, oh, maybe she'll talk about St. Patrick's Day like a couple of weeks ago. Nope. Threw a whole curveball into the whole thing, went a whole nother way. So you can't study for this sort of stuff and we don't cheat. So we're screwed. Here we go. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Do you guys miss knowledge with Nikki when I, when I'm not on? Do you miss it, or are you secretly like yes, like substitute <laughs> teacher, like yes? <laughs> no, nah, it's definitely it definitely is a staple of the show. So we always miss knowledge with Nikki. No doubt. 
All right. Well, more entertaining with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this week we are going to do holiday. You guys each have two questions about Easter and two questions about Passover. Ooh, oh, look at this. Getting all religious over here. All right. <laughs> and the best part is Dee's on camera right now, and I can see how enthused he looks <laughs> 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 Okay, oh, who's first? I think I guess, I'm, Yeah. Am I? Go ahead. Go first, Jay. No, am I wrong about that? You know what? I can't remember. I'm too old. I'll go first. I'll take the first blows. Here we go. Okay, Jay. About how many chocolate bunnies are produced each year? Each year. How many chocolate bunnies are produced each year? I will go with 850 million. I think that might be a little high. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm going to go, I'm going to say 2 million. 90 million. Oh. 90 million. Okay. Well, I was way off. <laughs> well, I mean, Jay, in your world, everyone's got a stomachache. That's a lot of bunnies. Wow, <laughs> of uh, I have stupid calculations in my head that don't work <laughs> out, obviously. I try. <laughs> All right, Jay. While the Easter bunny delivers eggs in the United States... What animal delivers Easter eggs to the kids in Switzerland? Oh, wow. Um, what, a- well, wow. what animal delivers <laughs> Easter eggs is Switzerland? Um, excellent question. I'm going to try to be logical. Can I think of anything relevant? Um, wow, this is really hard. I, I'll say... A raven. E? I'm going to go with a turtle. Okay. Well, Jay, I will give you half a point because it is a bird. It's the cuckoo bird. The inspiration for the cuckoo bird. clock. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Oh, wow. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. That's a great question right there. They are... Uh, apparently a plenty there in Switzerland and it made more sense instead of bunnies. So they have birds. <laughs> hey, whatever they thought of, cool with me. As long as uh, it's don't nobody, I'm fine with it. <laughs> you got half a point out of it. So there you go. All right. I'll take it. Take okay. Number three. Who was the most important figure in Passover history? I mean, I mean, it's just like too obvious. Um, uh, Moses. Yes. Yeah, uh, I thought so. I was thinking about when they were in Egypt and um, I don't want to get all biblical, but when the plagues were coming and everything like that. So, yeah, I do remember that. Okay. Okay. Cool. Good job. Good job. Thank you. All right. Last one. Which U.S. president was the first to host a Passover cedar at the White, White House? That's a great question. Um First to host a Passover dinner. Wow. Um, who was president then? Uh, was it Gerald Ford? No. D? I'm going to go with Barack Obama. Yes. Oh, oh, that was a- oh, <laughs> oh nice job. That was the biggest guess of all time. <laughs> I had no idea. Really? 
You didn't know? It sounded like you knew the way you were. I know. It sounded very matter of fact. Wow. Oh, man. I should have just said, I shouldn't have said anything, but I didn't know at all. <laughs> <laughs> as good as any. Nice job. Okay. We are a point and a half. Jay and D got one point. All right, D, here we go. How... M- Oh, I'm sorry. How much did the world's largest Easter egg weigh? Mm, I'm going to go with 10,000 pounds. Jay? The weight of the world's largest Easter egg. Um, I would say a ton, 2,000 pounds. 15,873 pounds. Woo! Oh. Damn. Ounces, if anything. Freaking egg, man. Jesus. <laughs> some omelet. <laughs> some chicken. <laughs> and a freaking rooster's cocking them things out over there. Jesus. <laughs> All right, D. How many jelly beans do Americans consume each Easter? Oh. Quick unpopular opinion. Not a fan of the jelly bean. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Either am I, bro. I'm with you. But I'm going to say, especially with them being small, I'm going to go with one of those Jason numbers. I'm going to say 500 million. Okay, Jay. <laughs> All right. Jelly beans on Easter only? Yep, each Easter. Okay. I'll go with, I'll try to be a little bit more moderate this time and say 75 million. 16 million. Nowhere close to it at all. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, D, on to Passover. How many glasses of wine are drunk at a a Passover dinner per adult? Oh, wow. Um, You would think people would try to be modest on this. But then again, it's people. Um, (laughs) I'm going to say... I'm, th- I'm going to stay on the modest side. I'm going to say three. Jay? I'm not 100% sure, but I thought it was one. It is four. So, oh, D, wow. I'll give you half a point on that. That oh, was yeah. pretty damn close. That's okay. fair with me. We are all tied up, kids. We got a no, ball wait, game here. Woo, the pressure's on. Can you feel it? <laughs> I think you'll get this one. All people must observe what tradition on Passover. All people must observe what traditional Passover. Um, is it communion? No. Ah. Jay, for the it win. Better Sabbath. The Seder, the Sabbath. All Making people, your- yeah. On um, what observe must observe what tradition on Passover? The Sabbath. The Seder, the Sabbath. <laughs> Cool. Why? What? What do you got? On Passover. That's what I'm saying. You said you said. What do they observe on Passover? All people must observe what tradition? Oh, you're saying have the dinner? No, I'm saying it's it's called the Sabbath, which is the Seder dinner. It's the Sabbath is like that's what right. you're. Ob- that's not. No, that's not it. Is that your answer? Y- yeah, it is now. <laughs> <laughs> no, they have to eat matzah. What are you talking? Uh, what are you saying right now? What are you getting? 
What do you mean? All people must observe what tradition on Passover. And is eat what? Eating matzah. What is matzah? Like it's it's basically shitty bread wrapped up into a squishy ball. Oh. I guess they make you eat it on Passover. <laughs> if that were the case, then I would have said like gefilte fish and all that other shit that they put on the freaking <laughs> They put a lot of stuff on there. Herbs, fruit. Well, guys, we ended in a tie. So happy holidays to everyone out there, however you celebrate. We are all tied up today. Absolutely happy holidays. And Nikki, I'm going to need you to look that up one more time, what they're actually observing. If you're observing (laughs) a matzo ball, I don't know if that means they're eating it or if you're just looking at this big fucking thing in your soup. Well, it's a tradition. It's a tradition. That's the tradition that they're observing. And I keep breaking that every year because I hate those matzo bowls, man. They make me sick. <laughs> I got I to gotta step up then. All right. Knowledge with Nikki tied up. Wow, it's the first time we tied up in a while, D. But all right, not bad. I can't yeah. believe you pulled that Barack Obama out there, man. <laughs> I thought that would have been earlier, but all right. Another, another point for Barack Obama, man. He keeps surprising me with the things that he's done. Unbelievable. All right, we're up to our last segment and can't wait for this one. Here we go. Unpopular opinions. We never know which way they're going to go. And sometimes they do become popular. Nikki, would you like the honors of going first? Sure, I'll go first. All right, well, let's hear it. All right, so I know that the late 90s, early 2000s pop music is like held in high regard, as it should be. Um, We had like pop legends come out of that era, and it is like beyond influential. But to me, I think that the late 90s, early 2000s rock scene was even better. Um, And I think it is highly highly underrated it does not get enough praise for how influential it was um so let me just run down like the popular bands of the time just a few nickelback blink 182 green day yellow card simple plan good charlotte puddle mud daughtry fuel bush all american rejects my chemical romance uh, Taking Back Sunday, Fallout Boy, Death Cab for Cutie, Jim Blossoms, Lenny Kravitz, Oasis. Um, you have Beck, Collective Soul, Incubus. Like, you guys get my drift, right? And by the way, if anyone wants to follow me on Spotify, I do have a very, very, very awesome playlist with all of these bands, all of these songs. Um, and I know I'm leaving people out, like Dave Matthews Band. But that's my point. That list can literally go on forever. And you want to talk about iconic songs. Yeah, I know Baby One More Time is super iconic. But let's not pretend you're not rocking out in the car to some Nickelback, how you remind me or photograph because you are and I know you are. So, you know, that's another thing. Nickelback is not that bad. I don't know why they get all the hate that they do. Um, At Goo Goo Dolls, I saw Goo Goo Dolls in concert. I think they're extremely underrated. They don't get nearly enough praise as they should. Um, Anyway, I also, this error went away and never came back. Like, have we ever had a surge of this again? Like pop music reinvents itself. Hip hop, I don't know. Half the shit that's out today sucks. Uh, I've never, (laughs) we've never had a resurgence of this kind of music again. And it makes me sad, makes me nostalgic. But I do think that the 2000s rock era, it was better than the pop era. Mm. Nick, 
I think the reason we haven't seen a resurgence, Damien, I want to hear your point, is because it wasn't that good. That was the problem. Oh, they out, man. They, they would put out these albums, and you'd have two good songs on them, with the exception, I like Google Dolls, I like Green Day, I do like Incubus, I like a few of these bands that you named, I do. But it just seemed like they put out a bunch of albums, and they each had maybe one or two good songs on them. They were both on MTV videos when they even had that back in the day, so... Uh, for me, I'm sorry. I have to go the other way. I, I don't love that music, and it's definitely not the first I go to that alternative, um, what do you want to call it, um, grunge-type stuff. Like, I love Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam and Stone Temple Pilots. I love those guys. Red Hot Chili They're early. They were, like, early 90s. Yeah, they're better than these guys. That's my point. I I'm talking about early 2000s. Right. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like that music went away because people weren't grasping onto it enough. They 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 liked more of the hip hop, and you know some of the new you know females that were coming out you know at that time and everything. Whether it was Britney Spears or Christina Aguilera or you know whoever it may be, Jessica Simpson. I don't know. Have I feel you guys like heard any recent rock music? Like, it's just completely gone away. It doesn't even have to be from these guys. Like, no, yeah, I know. D, I only listen to 70s classic rock. Honestly. Oh, my God, Jason. Be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> you listen to all Lenny Kravitz. Come back to me on that. <laughs> I like Lenny. I like Lenny. I'm cool with yeah. him. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan of Lenny Kravitz. Um, during that era, I liked it a lot because I was a big Tony Hawk Pro Skater fan. So whenever I would play those games, I would get those songs from Green Day, Nickelback. You have the alternative songs. So I would hear a lot of those that I wouldn't hear normally, you know, especially with my friends, stuff like that. We would be all, you know, hip hop during that time. It was DMX later, you know, 50 Cent during that time, Jay-Z, of course. Um, but then once you started hearing those songs in video games like that, I was like, oh, this is pretty good stuff. And like you said, it just went away. Um, it didn't in those that era didn't come back. Is it better than a pop, though? The pop is legendary from that time in sync. Backstreet Boys, you mentioned Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera. It's tough to compete with the pop from the late night Spice Girls. Like, it has that nostalgia that we have for the pop during that era isn't attached to the rock and roll. Even though I did like it, I liked it a lot. Um, but the pop is legendary from that era. We got it. We should do, we should have done a bracket of songs from that era. We still can do that. Yeah. We got time. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the hell we want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because I'm going to tell you right now, Genie in the Bottle is not that great. And I would, there's a million songs <gasps> that I would pick against that. Yeah, no, it's not no. that great. <laughs> First of all, Genie in the Bottle has the most clever undertone lyrics that we know exactly what she's talking about. I'm a Genie in the Bottle. You got to rub me the right way. We get you, sister, all right? And some <laughs> of the younger kids did not get it back then. But those were brilliant, like, undercover lyrics, the way that she was doing that. I loved it. I love that. Yeah, I was like I was like 10 years old when it first came out, so I didn't know what it was saying at the time. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but but yeah, I definitely rocked out to G in the bottle. And still I even picked it on this show when we had the G. I picked um or the C when I had Christine Aguilera, I picked that G in the bottle. Um so yeah, I'm very hurt by that statement, Nikki. Very, very hurt. <laughs> I was hurt last night, D. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love when we go at it. It's so much fun. D, should I, I want, should we save you for last over here? Should I get mine in quick? Yeah, you could go ahead. All right. Mine, I'm not going to take too long, but I want to see, especially if you agree, Nikki, of course, I want to hear your opinion, but D, being the big basketball man that you are, 
You know, LeBron James has got screwed out of MVPs year after year after year. And yes, I've known, you know, that Russell Westbrook, when he had his triple-double, James Harden in his year, Kevin Durant. I, I understand that. But we can all pretty much agree that just like Michael Jordan, LeBron James has been the best player in basketball for the past at least 12, 13 years, okay? So I get it. It's the most valuable player. So valuable to your team. But really, who's more valuable than LeBron James? And look at it, what happened not last year, but the year before when they were the fourth seed and he just got there with a bunch of schleps. All right. Then he got hurt. They're out of the playoffs. This year, LeBron gets hurt. Look what's going on with the Lakers right now. LeBron James should win MVP this year, despite what I said about James Harden earlier, who definitely deserves it. But when you talk about now most valuable player and not the best player, LeBron is proving it more now than ever at his age that this team cannot win unless he's on the court, Damien. Yeah, I see what you're saying, right? But I have to disagree. If he's not on the court, of course, we see what's going on with the Lakers, even though they've been able to gather up some wins here against the Cavs and the Magic as of late. Those are the Cavs and the Magic, though. Exactly. Um, But... With LeBron, also, when you talk about the past few years or the past eight years when he hasn't won MVP, he's been the best player in the league. There's no doubt about it. But was he the most valuable that year or the best player that year? There's been years where he kind of took off on defense, where his team didn't play up to his ability. So some of those years when you really break it down, he didn't deserve MVP all those years that he didn't win it. Um, The one year that kind of stands out to me is the year Derrick Rose won it. That was the first year that LeBron went to Miami. I feel like the reason LeBron didn't win that year is because people were mad at the fact that he joined D-Wade and Chris Bosh in Miami. Sure. And D-Rose was the great story, being such a young guy, leading his team to the first seed in the Eastern Conference. But some of those other years, like you look at the year Kevin Durant won, Kevin Durant was just monstrous. I think he deserved it that year. Uh, Russell Westbrook got the triple-double. Even though I voted for Kawhi that season, Russell Westbrook – doing something we haven't seen in 50 years. I get it. Um, the years that Giannis Antetokounmpo just won, where he's putting up these crazy numbers and also being one of the best defenders in the league, if not the best. So I think that it's kind of overblown when it comes to LeBron saying he should have won it every year. He's the best player, but it doesn't always have the best regular seasons. Come playoff time, that's when you see LeBron being the best player. And you see, and, and that's a good point. And, and Nikki, I definitely want to get your opinion. Just through, and throw one, one more thing at, at both of you. In regards to that, when we talk about the most valuable player, if you go to 10 straight championships, doesn't that say you're the most valuable player in the whole freaking league? If you go to 10 championships straight with three different teams? I mean, that's kind of sick. So I hear what you're saying. Now, we know that the best player doesn't always win because, again, it's most valuable player. We had that problem with Steve Nash and Shaq back in the day. So I definitely hear what you're saying. But I'm not saying LeBron should win it every year. Like, I believe that Giannis should have won it not last year, the year before. I thought LeBron should have won it last year, and I thought they got stolen from him. So I agree. No, you can't give it to him every year like they didn't give it to Michael every year. But, I mean, this guy's been in the league 18 years and has, what, four MVPs or three? Yes, four. I mean, yeah, LeBron's four. Yeah, he should have, like, six or seven. That, that's that's my only point. So – Nikki, before we get to Damien's unpopular opinion, I just want to hear what you have to say. I know you've been sitting there listening. I just want to hear what you have to say about that when we talk about the value of a player or how outstanding it is. But 
But the fact that LeBron James, again, showed when he wasn't on the court a couple of years ago, they had the fourth seed on a team that was terrible. And this year, yeah, Anthony Davis went out, then LeBron went out. I think it just shows that he should have gotten more MVPs as well. Um, I mean, you guys would know better than me. He probably should have gotten more MVPs. But like you said, you can't give it to him every year. No, you can't. But when you go to 10 straight championships, I mean, and you win, what, one or two, one or two MVPs in that time? I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a little funky to me. But that's my unpopular opinion of the day. And I, I like that you guys disagree. There's nothing wrong with that because I love having these little debates with you. But again, this is my point. This is how valuable he is not to the to the league, to the team, to everything. So I wanted to get that out there. That's my unpopular opinion that LeBron James should win MVP this year because look what just keeps happening when he doesn't play. And when he does, you're pretty much guaranteed to go to the finals. And that's that. So um, Nikki and I gave ours D. I can't wait to hear your unpopular opinion of the week, bro. So for my unpopular opinion, I was thinking about it. It came to my mind last night as I was messing with Nikki as she was a, a guest on Red Cup Rant. Shout out to LaDonna, Dre, and the guys on that show. And we talked about Eli Manning in the Hall of Fame. We all know how I feel, how Nikki feels. We've had a great debate before. But it made me think about the term Hall of Fame. Why is it called a Hall of Fame? I'm not talking about just the pro football, basketball, baseball, rock and roll. There's a million different Hall of Fames. Like every city has one. There's a million Hall of Fames out there. But why is it called a Hall of Fame? It's not about being famous. (laughs) (laughs) So why is it called a Hall of Fame? When you think about the Hall of Fame for football, office alignment most likely aren't famous, right? But they were great at what they did So they become Hall of Famers. But it's not about being famous. If it's a Hall of Fame, anybody could be famous, especially today. Like if there's a Hall of Fame today for famous people, you would have the chick off of Instagram who got famous for licking a toilet seat at the airport. Like it's, that would be the, that would be the the Hall of Fame. So the Hall of Fame should have never been called that. And I tried to look it up and see why it's called the Hall of Fame. And I couldn't get like a real answer on that. All I saw was that the first one in America was the Hall of Fame for Great Americans. The name is too long. (laughs) It could have just been called the Hall of Great Americans. And you know, this is where Great Americans are celebrated. And this is where the museum is. But it's called the Hall of Fame for Great Americans. Not all those Great Americans are famous. The term Hall of Fame doesn't make any sense. It should be the Hall of Excellence or the Hall of Greatness. The Hall of the Great Ones, the Hall of Perfection, something like that, something to that extent. But now that's called the Hall of Fame. You can have arguments with people who have famous moments but weren't great, like Eli Manning. He had two oh. of the most <laughs> famous moments oh in NFL history, but was never a consistently great quarterback. And because it's called the Hall of Fame, everybody's like, he got to get in. He beat the most famous quarterback twice. He has to get in the Hall of Fame. If it was called the Hall of Greatness or the Hall of Excellence, I don't think we have this argument. So the Hall of Fame, every Hall of Fame should change its name to the Hall of Excellence, the Hall of Greatness, or something to that extent. Am I crazy? Again, D comes up with things that the leagues don't think of. They don't think of it. They don't recognize it. And D's always on top of it from day one and you get it man and you know what as you were talking i looked up the definition 
of fame, not famous. And it still says the state of being known or talked about by many people, especially on account of notable achievements like winning the Olympics. So you are 1 billion percent right. There's no differentiation between fame and famous and fortune all kind of going the same way. So I agree. And I never thought about that in my life until you brought it up, obviously, because you always do that to me and make me think before I go to sleep. And now I only get two freaking hours tonight because now I'm going to be thinking about Hall of Fame and what the name should be. But you're 100% right on that. And I love your take on it. It should be different because fame is famous. And whatever, Joe Namath was famous, but I don't even think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, except for his mink coats, if you call that famous. So I think that's really good. Nikki, what do you think about that? That's that, that's really good. D, so, D, if it was called the Hall of Greatness, you'd Eli could go in. We don't have to have this debate anymore, right? It's cool? No, I'm saying the opposite. If it, yeah, exactly. the hall, <laughs> if it was called the Hall of Greatness, Eli wouldn't get in because he was never consistently great throughout his career. Well, that is um, your opinion, and you are entitled <laughs> to it. And you know what they say about opinions. Everyone's yes, I know what they say, but like how do you feel about how do you feel about the term Hall of Fame compared to like Hall of Greatness or Hall of Excellence? I since you brought it up, I I now definitely agree because I don't even know why it was fame to begin with, unless it sounded cool to them. I totally agree with you. But like you said, maybe it goes back to what was the first one you saw, like the, for the U.S. American Hall of Fame or something like that. So maybe everybody bid off of it. But I agree. Now I say change it, whether it's excellence, greatness, um, the best of the best, I, well, you know, whatever you want to call it. But you're right. Famous does not mean that you were great on the field. It's a great call, man. And how you feel about the term, the changing of the name, Nikki? What? No, will we keep it fame? I don't know why you guys come here. These radical ideas, trying to change everything up. Most of the time, I like you play it down the middle. But I, no, I'm not taking the bait. I am not taking the bait. I know what you're doing. No, this is trolling. Two point uh, day two. It's, it's exhausting anymore. It really, really is. No, hall of fame. You know what? I think it's because it's from a marketing standpoint, right? Sounds like rolls off the tongue a little bit better. So I think it's more for a selling point. You know what? Here's another thing. Why does it have to be a hall? Why can't it be a giant, big fucking building of the greatest players ever? Why dome, they of, dome of Excellence, Jay? Well, that's- <laughs> Ooh, now we're talking. Now we're getting somewhere, all right? Now, a dome. A dome. Fear of uh, greatness. <laughs> well done. Again, you see you too. What would I do without you guys? I'd just be rambling on like a 41-year-old, which I'll be in a couple of months. So thank God for both of you. Jesus Christmas. <laughs> My God, what would I do without you? But so, yeah, we got to come up with a name, though. So I, Dome of Greatness is definitely in there. We got to put up a Twitter poll to say what the name should be for a Hall of Fame. Dome of Greatness. We got, you like, what are other big names? Stadium of Excellence. Something yeah. like that. Oh, Stadium yeah. of Excellence. That's, that's good. Or, Leave it to you, Dita, to, to make us think critically. <laughs> Mansion of the Masters. I don't know. Something. I don't know. Something like that. There's something catchy, but I, I like any of that. I, I love changing the name. I think it's a great idea. I swear to God, if they change the name of the Hall of Fame sometime by next year, we're going after them. We're going <laughs> after Class them. action going lawsuit to, coming your we're way. Going to Canton, Ohio, and we will stand in front of everybody with a yellow jacket and say, "We did this for you. We love you. We did it for you. You deserve more than a hall, 
and just the yellow jackets. Well Talking done. Talking about change of that. Yeah. Why is it? Yeah. That's such a tough color for everybody. Oh, God. Couldn't you oh, it's awful. Color? Why is it oh. yellow? Mustard. I know. Yeah. And why is it a green jacket in golf? Not that golf's a sport, but can they get a Grass? little play over here? You know, get some pinstripe action going on yeah. or something like that. And it's in, I say the, the basketball one's a tough color, too. It's like a like a kind of like a burnt orange. Yeah, mm. so it's they yeah. all they all have ugly colors. It, maybe if it was the Hall of Greatness, they'd be dressed better. <laughs> <You're right>. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. yeah, because the famous people ain't bringing no uh, no class to that. That's for sure. Obviously, I don't know wearing whatever the heck. But hell, oh, man, that jacket. I guess it's legendary in tradition, so they don't change it. There you go. It's hideous. Um, Nikki, Eli in the Hall of Fame. Let's see if he gets in first ballot, fourth ballot, or not at all. Why do you guys do this to me? (laughs) (laughs) Just, you know what? Just as a behind the scenes, I know we're we're winding down on time. But anybody wants to know what this show is like? It is like having two brothers pick on you. That is what it's like (laughs) in all its glory, and it's great, and it's the highlight of my week. But that's basically what it's like. (laughs) She's our little sister. That's it. You know. And we love her. We wouldn't pick on her unless we loved her. That's for sure. No that's doubt. what I always tell her. It's how I show my love. <laughs> <laughs> As speaking of love, we are at Third and Three Podcast. We'd love it if you follow us. We'll follow you back. Make sure you follow Nikki Nick. Tell him where you're at, girl. Uh, you can find me at Nikki Nick 9384 for, well, since it's the off season, it's mostly all Bravo right now. But D, I see you on the below deck tweets, so. Oh, yeah, I'll be watching the show. And I, every time I think something, you tweet it. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's what's happening. Like Average. you ask for a basic sandwich, you get a basic sandwich. Yes, yeah, see, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and he did, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. That's fantastic. Uh, collecting a shared brain over here. Collective brain, collective soul. That's what it, collective soul. They weren't bad either, Nikki. Not, not bad. A little bit earlier. All right, D. The show, everything you've been doing, man, you've been killing it. Tell them all about it, bro. Yes, so you can find my podcast, The Real Deal with Damian Adams, wherever you listen to podcasts. So if you're listening to this podcast right now on whatever platform, go ahead and search The Real Deal with Damian Adams and check out my last episode. It'll go ahead and just go back to back with good content. You know, it's good for your life. And um, go ahead (laughs) and follow me on all social media platforms at The Real Deal WDA. That's The Real Deal W as in Whiskey. D as in Delta, A as in Alpha. On Twitter, you'll get a lot of basketball and boxing tweets. Instagram, you'll get short videos of my real quick takes from that day. And on YouTube as well, you'll get some videos. So the real deal with Damian Adams, just search it and support wherever you can. I definitely appreciate it. Yeah, no doubt. My partner right there, you're doing your thing, Nikki. Thank God you're back. I love it. The trio's here. This is how it should be. Whole family. My name is Jason Fearman. Catch me at Sports Profit One. That's number one on Twitter. That's basically where I do all my social media stuff. And guys, the greatest athlete of uh, all time tournament, male that is, will continue. More Mount Player Player. Nikki's going to be throwing her tomatoes all over the place and killing us with her knowledge. Lots more coming up next week. And I think we're going to do the NFC North next week. We'll talk about it. We'll have it all ready for you. Third and three podcast from all of us here. We love you and we're out. Peace. Bye.